0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that a younger product? It's
1: going to be Jeff. The Green Rise to the Top for oh, you. Yeah.
0: And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. Each sold
1: separately from LJN.
0: Podcast. And we are the
2: Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 342 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. And back by popular demand, Scott, the longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today.
1: Couldn't think of a better catchphrase, huh?
2: Yeah. Well, it wasn't that I got a few people saying, you know what? I'm kind of glad Scott called it out last week because I actually really missed it.
1: Well, there you go. Bring it back, dude.
2: So back by popular demand.
1: It's bigger than the McRib. Let me just say that.
2: Okay. I wouldn't go that far, but close. (laughs) Sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott joining us tonight from Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. And you know, it's fake, right? Is not Bane because Bane has never sat in with us.
0: No, he has not. He's jealous of that, too.
2: <laughs> dude, all he has to do is just ask. That's what I told him. Hit us up. Is the one, the only, former NXT wrestler is Brian Breaker. Breaker, what's going on, man?
0: What is up, guys? It feels like it's been forever. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be uh, jumping on Fully Posable again here. It's good times. Thanks for coming on, dude. Absolutely.
2: We've hella missed you. It's so good to have you back on. I think you're right. I think it's like been a couple years,
0: three years. It's Well, I think me and Travis did an episode with you guys.
2: Oh, that's right. We did a starting
0: last lineup year. one year. Well, yeah. no, no, no,
2: no. Even before that, they were on the show.
0: We, we were, on, oh, that's we were right. on your guys' yes. show. And then you guys did, did, yeah, did the starting lineups episode with us, that's which right. was really yes. fun. And yeah, and it's it's crazy to think. But I think I first got acquainted with you guys in what, like 2016, maybe? 2017,
2: yeah. something like that?
0: Yeah. it yeah. was a long time ago. I know that.
2: Yeah. And it was great, man. You know, it's it's a friendship that's kind of spawned all because of wrestling figures.
0: Well, and then not only that, like, think about all the other like people that we've met simply because of you guys doing this show and kind of, I, I want to say, normalizing wrestling figure collecting to to the adult collector. Because this is, dude, this is not something I was telling people publicly before <laughs> you guys. But then it's like, all of a sudden, everyone kind of came out of the woodwork like, yeah, this is cool. I mean, now you have actual pro wrestlers, a bunch of them. Yes. Doing toy hunts and posting their pictures and being happy about it. I'm like, this is awesome. I think this is a really cool thing. And it it helps me realize like, maybe I'm not such a weirdo after all, at least as far as this is concerned.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was talking to an older time wrestler and I was like, Hey, did you guys ever talk about figures? And he goes, no, we never talked about our toys. We just cared about royalty checks.
0: And and I think, you know, back in the day, like I even heard in the eighties, a lot of the guys didn't get it. They didn't understand, you know, video cassettes and video games and action figures because they they were never accustomed to that Then all of a sudden they're getting checks for big money it's like oh this is nice you know it's Mm -hmm. an extra extra piece of income
2: yeah and it's funny too because i have talked to a lot of independent wrestlers and they say they talk about toys all the time now
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but even at that time you weren't going out like breaker had said it wasn't normalized then to just go yeah i collect wrestling figures yeah you know but like now Breakers, it's totally normal just to be like, oh yeah, I collect wrestling figures and it's totally accepted and it's cool.
0: Well, funny funny story about that. When I first moved to Missouri to train with Harley back, I moved there in 07. So we're smack dab in like the classic superstar era. Right. And I'm hanging out with one of my buddies. I'm at his house and I see a box full of loose Jack's figures. And so I'm like intrigued immediately. I'm like, oh, nice and he's just like oh yeah those those are my some of my old toys and i'm like uh no they're not because, uh, <laughs> I new. Up. like this guy just came out <laughs> but it was almost like he was like oh you're into wrestlers i'm like dude yes absolutely like at that time we couldn't really buy him as much because you know just financially we weren't able to but it was it was that weird thing of like he almost had to immediately be like oh yeah that's that those wrestling toys, I don't even play with those. <laughs> it's no big deal. But but in, in reality, I think we all kind of did to some degree. I know you being young, like, I think it kind of opened our minds to like booking matches and totally. stories and all this other stuff. It was it's really cool. And now I see my nephew how he plays with his and seeing the the creative things he does. It's really cool to see. Like he'll like he has this little grocery kit that he has. It's like a cash register and it's got a microphone on it. Mm-hmm. And he uses that to announce them. When when they they come out to the ring. I'm like, man, that's really cool. Like it just, it's cool to see that creativity come, you know, like, like it did with me and I'm sure with you guys as well.
2: Well, like Marty DeRosa said, we were basically little bookers, you know, just totally just getting the rings, putting our matches together and then, you know, for Scott and I, it was SD Jones versus King Kong Bundy first match out.
0: Then it was, yep, jerk. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure SD Jones went over on that one, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Not many times, no. Spoiler. Nine seconds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you ever hear the Undertaker-Nails nine-second match at the Oakland Coliseum? I've heard you guys talk about it before, yeah.
1: Oh, the match that was supposed to be Warrior and Flair?
2: Yeah, it started out Warrior-Flair. We've told this a million times. Taker, then it would turn to Taker-Flair? Yes. And then it turned it to Taker-Nails?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> take a match everybody wants to see, and yeah. absolutely turn it into a match nobody, nobody. should <laughs> ever
1: see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, poor um, nails. Yeah, totally. I'm like <laughs> if it was Bossman nails, that would have been awesome. But you saw Taker's sure. name on there, you're like, this is going to be a squash. And sure enough, <laughs> nine seconds later.
2: <laughs> well, the funny story is when I went back and started watching all those early '90s WWFs, they were starting to build up Undertaker and Nails after they blew off the boss man and nails feud after boss man beat him a survivor series. They started the taker and nails feud. And I guess that's why they had the match that night, you know, just kind of, started. yeah, yeah.
1: But that, that feud really didn't go anywhere.
2: Uh, no, it didn't go anywhere at all.
0: Poor nails had to go be selfish and choke Vince. You know? <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: now vince is paying for that anyways Uh,
0: well you know you know i mean not to get (laughs) too far out there but nails did say vince mcmahon sexually molested him so you know oh that is that is a true story allegedly that one cost three mil
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, breaker why don't you get your plugs out of the way
0: (laughs) oh for sure uh you guys you introduced me pretty well but i have a cavalcade of podcasts as you know um I do Breaker and Bane's Power Hour uh, every Sunday with me and Big Underscore Bane, which shout out to him. Shout out to him. He just put out his uh, his he's saying it's his last rap album. So uh, you can check that out on uh, Apple or Spotify. Uh, it's called Long Live a Hero's Fable. Very, very cool album. Um, I do. You know, it's fake, right? Which is kind of an interview type podcast every Monday. And uh, the TV Toycast, which uh, had a little bit of a break, but should be back this week. So nice. That. Right yeah. on. Yeah, we're looking forward to having it come back. Yeah, we got some fun stuff in the works and it's just it's one of those things where like you know, I felt like after a year, like man, what else can we tackle? Like we really haven't even touched on that much at all. Like there's so much so much out there to go through as far as like vintage toys and stuff. It's it's really fun.
2: Yeah. Uh and Breaker, you said you found a new figure out in the wild, huh?
0: I did. That was kind of total happenstance. I, uh, I stopped by Walmart after work, knowing I was going to record with you guys tonight. picking me up some some stuff to make for dinner. Of course, I have to make a little stop in the toy aisle. And uh, my Walmart, and I, I'm sure you'll kind of get into this when you talk about toy spotting, but my Walmart has not had a lot in the last few weeks. But they actually had three new figures out. Which were? Which, yeah, is the new wave of the G.I. Joe Classified. So I saw Storm Shadow, Spirit, and uh, the Cobra Officer. And that Storm, Storm Shadow is my favorite G.I. Joe character. And that figure is absolutely phenomenal. So It's so good. Yeah, there's no way I couldn't pick that up. It was, it was too awesome looking.
1: Okay. Are you going to get the retro card back one, too? I think it's the same figure, if I'm not mistaken.
0: You know, I, I kind of go back and forth on that because I didn't like, I didn't feel like I needed the Baroness with the motorcycle. So I passed on that. Then they did the the Snake Eyes movie one and I didn't like that one at all. Right. So I passed on that. So I was like, I'll get the retro card back one. I think that one's cool. But then I'm like, man, I I want to open it, but I don't, those are so cool. I don't want to open those.
1: Yeah. The whole card thing, it's like that throwback. Yeah. And it just looks so
0: good. Yeah. And like I, I was talking with Travis about this on TV Toycast because another toy line that recently relaunched was superpowers, which was amazing. Yes. Who saw that and, one coming? Right. And, and what we liked about that so much is the figures are $10. So yes. my thought is if I want to buy two Batmans, I can open one and put one up on the wall with GI Joe's being 22, $25, whatever they're going to end up being. That's a $50 investment to have one loose yes. and one mint on card. It's a, that's tough to do. Yeah. But it would have to be
1: like certain characters that might make it worth it. So like the storm right. shadow, for example, you opened up the classified in the box but then you keep the one that's on the card, the throwback look. Maybe that's the one you put up on the wall and keep moc.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Yeah, because I mean, if you're only you're not collecting the entire line, right?
0: Well, I say that. I mean, there's a few I've missed, but I've got I've got most of them. Most of the oh, class nice. Fights.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you gonna get the uh, the gung
0: ho throwback one? I don't um, know. I I really like the original, so I, I think I'm okay on that one. I, okay. I Again, I, I I have to be because I I want to collect so much and i'm just at that point now and i'm I'm sure you guys get it you have to just limit yourself because there's so much out there you can't just buy everything and right so i i will probably pass on that gung-ho
1: okay got it so what sacrifices have you made wrestling figure wise have you honed in like we've talked to a couple people they hone in on a specific era Uh, have you done that or are you just certain names across the entire wrestling genre that you're picking up or how have you broken out your collection now
0: so, I pretty much don't collect any Mattel anymore at all, besides, uh, I will buy those new retros that are coming out. Um, okay. I do like those. I did buy that first set that came out on Mattel Creations. Um, so, I will probably buy these next couple of waves in the NWO two packs are doing. Um, Elites, I've pretty much bowed out on. The Superstars line is cool, but I was just like, uh, I don't know. It's not enough to get Still me. Still 20 to- bucks a figure. Yeah. It's not enough to get me to dive in. I have been collecting AEW simply because I thought having another mainstream wrestling figure line was amazing. And so I have been staying fairly current on those. But even that's kind of making me think, like, ah, I don't know if I need everybody they're putting out. Because there's a lot of guys that I'm like, eh, I'm not a huge fan of them or, or whatever. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of undecided. But um, up till about, like, Series 8, I think I have most everybody.
1: Got it. So you're pretty much out of the WWE Mattel game except for the retros, then.
0: Pretty much, yeah.
2: Wow. Okay. Not even the legends or anything like that, huh?
0: Yeah. Well, again, it's just I, I've gotten. I feel like I've gotten everybody I want. You know, like I, I pick. I have the Nasty Boys. I have Harlem Heat, and and if one comes around where I'm like, oh man, I have to have that. I might. I might snag it, but for the most part, I'm kind of just you know hit and miss on those. And honestly, like a lot of what Mattel's done has been great lately honestly, after SDCC, all those reveals, there was like Farouk aside. It was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah, Like some of those are just like so ridiculously fun. I may have to grab them, but I don't know. I, Travis has this phrase he uses on TV ToyCast where he says it's a game time decision, meaning
1: <laughs> yes. when you're in
0: the aisle, you're nothing else to buy and you have money. And you're like, OK, yeah, I'll pick up the goon. You know, so <laughs> I feel like I feel like that accurately describes my Mattel collecting at this point.
1: So the mega powers didn't move the needle for you, huh?
0: Yeah, no, not really. I mean, I, I think it's a cool set, but there was, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I have my macho defining moments in the WrestleMania three robe. And I'm like, I think I'm good, you know?
2: Okay. let so see. Scott and I couldn't resist those, man. There was no
0: way. Oh, it's a great set for sure. It's a great set. Yeah.
2: Especially where you can link the, where their hands are already linked, molded yeah. together doing the shake. Oh my God. And then the uh, the
0: the Zeus and Rip two pack was incredible too. Did you get I really one like that? I didn't. I, I passed on that as well. But it looked awesome. Yeah,
1: I can't wait to have that thing in hand. It's so badass. Scott, did you get anything? Um, let's see. Last week I did pre order. No, I take that back. Two weeks ago I pre ordered. I don't know if I talked about this on the show. The Paul Stanley and Peter Chris, the AXS figures.
2: I remember you talking about it, but I can't remember if that was after the show or
1: uh, yeah. Okay. So it was a couple weeks ago. I pre-ordered those and shockingly, they went in stock like right after I pre-ordered them. So they're sitting in my pile of loot along with the uh, three GI Joe classifieds that breaker saw at Walmart. Uh, Those are sitting in my pile of loot. Still got more stuff in there. Uh, I did pre-order the ultimate warrior WrestleMania seven ultimate edition.
2: Nice. Uh, So that one
1: is sitting on the pre-order list. And aside from that, that's pretty much it. Um, Got in my Batman movie figure, the DC McFarlane. And if I talked about this before, I'm sorry, but I have to go again. That figure's incredible. And on the bat cycle that McFarland did, that dude is killing DC right now. It is such a good line.
0: Those are great figures. I mean, I oh, they look so good. I, I honestly can't put those over enough. And honestly, too, what I like about them is they're always very well stocked. Like almost every store yeah. has plenty. Yeah, which yes, I think is right. it's not something you see in a lot of the other lines. Yeah, totally.
2: The Marvel Legends, I'm surprised, move as quickly as they do because those are more expensive than the DC figures. But as far as aesthetically looking, the DC figures, to me, outweigh the Marvel Legend figures. For sure.
0: Yeah, McFarlane's really doing a great job, and I think he's doing a really cool job of getting all these different versions. Like, almost weekly, I'll see a new figure, and it's not like a version of Batman I know, but I see it, and I'm like... That is freaking incredible. Mm-hmm. It's just and I, so I want to learn about the characters. I'm like, that's an amazing figure. And yeah, yeah it's just, it's great stuff. But again, it's like, it's so hard. to <laughs> You can't collect it all.
2: You can't collect. Uh, dude, that's, there's no way. That's the thing is I've had to stop GI Joe's because I just can't keep up anymore. Right. I've told this many, many times on the show, but I've been so tempted by Super 7's Optimus Prime and uh, Megatron Transformers figures. Sure. But at 55 bucks a piece, I, man, I can't.
1: And Super 7 just announced
2: an Ultimate Edition. Or
1: ultimate, listen to me, Ultimate Edition. Um, <laughs> they're a uh, large scale. They do, they're doing a Lemmy from
0: Motorhead. Yeah, I saw that.
2: You scared me. I thought you were going to say Cliff Burton, and I was just about to faint. He's next.
1: He's next. Guaranteed they're doing a Cliff. What, what are they called? Ultimates?
0: Ultimates. Yeah, yeah ultimates, the, the yeah. Ultimates, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, they're guaranteed going to put Cliff on that dude. They have the rights to him. Now they're going to make everything Cliff that they can. They've already done, what, three of the reaction styles? There's mm-hmm. no doubt they're doing an Ultimate of Cliff.
2: And both actually, they've done two the kill them all and the ride the lightning, and both have sold out.
1: Yeah, I thought there was a third coming out. Oh, is there right around the corner? Yeah, they're doing another ghost one uh, later this month, too.
2: Of course, they are. (laughs) So,
1: dude, yeah, if they can make any kind of cash on those lines, they're going to do it. Cliff Burton's definitely getting an ultimate, and um, Lemmy is currently up for pre order. You can go pick him up now.
2: So breaker out here, there's a San Jose or Santa Clara toy show or San Jose toy show. Scott, myself, and a friend of ours went back in, I think it was March or February. No, uh, it was in March. In March. So Super Seven, because oh, Super Seven's a San Francisco based company, of course, is always at this thing, right? So we walk in, we go to the left, Super Seven's right there. Huge
1: table full of reaction figures, ultimates, their big Mickey statues, like you name it, they had it. So
2: the awesome. so the ultimates was like peanuts it was disney it was i mean it just all down the line that they had everything. probably the turtles
0: i'm sure turtles so did have the- turtles yeah. thundercats
2: yeah exactly yeah i kid you not we see the super seven table we look around then we start going throughout the con and we're there for about three hours Scott. three and a half hours yeah
1: three three and a half hours it's a big con
2: so we go throughout the con we finish up we go back by the super seven table a guy walks up and he goes, I'd like to get the ghost ultimate. And the guy says, we don't have any more Then the, the customer says, then give me that one on the table. They sold out of ghost ultimates right there in three and a half hours.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They did big business that day. Cause this was the first one back in a long time. And they mm-hmm. actually went back to it. They went to a bigger venue. It's normally in San Jose at like a flea market. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did this one actually at the Santa Clara convention center, which is gigantic. So it was about four times the size of what it normally is that place was packed and super seven made a killing that day. So um, it's coming up again later this month. And so we'll see what super seven brings, but yeah, I'm excited for that one. It's a huge toy show.
0: So I, I love what super Seven's doing. I think all their figures are incredible. I think their packaging is like second to none. I love the Agreed. box, like the slip cover. Yes. I think that is so cool. But that price point is just, it's hard to stomach at times. It is. And I think, and I think sometimes too, because of the pre-order style, like if you wanted to get in on Ninja Turtles are on like wave six or seven, so it's it's almost too late, you know. And that that right. part I don't I'm not a huge fan of. But like, and another line they're doing is Simpsons. And so Jeff, I'm sure you've you dig those. I mean, they're incredible.
2: Absolutely, those things are gorgeous. And of course, want those. But again, price point
0: <laughs> fifty five dollars
2: yeah. exactly. Yeah. I think well, they've got GI Joe too. Right? They do the yeah, GI Joe absolutely.
1: Ultimates. And it's hard to shy away from them. I'm like, but the budget just doesn't allow it. It's going to be certain names that come out. And that's really kind of how I've pared down my collection is, okay, it's got to be a name. If I'm going to spend $55, $65 on a figure, it's got to be a name. The figure has to look amazing, like something I absolutely cannot do without. Right.
2: So if Cliff Burton comes out, you're getting that ultimate? Game time decision, dude. Understood. Understood. I <laughs> uh, Travis. <laughs> by the way, Scott, I keep making an error. Um, the guy from Powertown, I keep calling him Sam Rosenthal, but his name is Steve Rosenthal. And I, which leads me to ask who is Sam Rosenthal? Oh,
1: that's a guy you made up, dude.
2: I know it's a fictional character in my head, dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. It's our imaginary friend, Sam
0: Rosenthal.
2: So that's kind of an omission over here. So, uh, you know what? I'm gonna just start calling everybody
0: Sam. So people, different names, Chris Jericho did it for years.
2: (laughs) That'll be just gimmick. Now he made a killing off of it. (laughs) So that's kind of a little bit of an omission. We'll just jump right into news and there wasn't actually any news. So I am going to pull stuff from the wrestling figs message boards that I found kind of important. So first one comes in from vamp 55 on the message boards. He says, Hey, Steve, I enjoy predicting what you a lot at Mattel are up to with the future lines. I'm often wrong. But it's part of the collecting experience for me. So I enjoy it. With that in mind, and knowing that Hogan Funk are celebrations of the LJN line, can you share if that is the basis for the future of the Coliseum line or will it branch out further into other legends under contract? I assume it will remain legends focused. Steve said, for now, the strategy is to stick with homages to the vintage 80s figures. It's too early to tell if we expanded to legends who weren't in the original line or if we'd move on to different execution. For now, anyone who had an LJN and is available to us is fair game.
1: Bigelow, dude. That
0: would be cool. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I'd be down for a Bigelow in that LJN look. Like they did the then now forever, but that's a pretty scarce one to come by.
0: All right, bring
2: out the white shirt referee.
1: Oh, oh, you see, you're going to get to that later. I like what you did. You kind of... Yeah, I, I foreshadowed what you're going to get to later on here. Who's the other name? You think I'm going Bigelow and Savage? S-
0: Savage is, yeah, that makes sense. I could see, I could see a steamboat for sure. Mm-hmm. They have that rights would to be him. badass.
1: But give us the look that he was supposed to be in in the prototype.
0: There you go. There you go. Heck yeah. That would be a. F- I mean, honestly, they have rights to a lot of those guys. You think? I mean, like Piper and Orndorff and uh, Valentine, Junkyard Dark.
1: Big John Stud. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Hillbilly Jim. Yeah. So just throwing this out to the group, would
2: they touch Davy Boy with the red, but they, they don't have the rights to do dynamite, so would they do... They have no Davey... problem
1: with that, dude. They've been torturing us with that. Give us Davy Boy with no dynamite, warlord, no barbarian.
2: But would they do that with this line?
1: Yeah, watch them go Bigelow and Axe. <laughs> <laughs> watch them do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, they could do the Heart Foundation
1: oh there you go that would be fun oh. individually carded heart foundation dude
0: yes just with brett that spelled
1: with b-r-e-t-t <laughs>
0: <laughs> the incorrect
1: sticker on there that would be sweet <laughs> be all about that
0: have you guys thought just kind of on that on that that line though like Chella has actually signed a lot of these guys barbarian killer bees dynamite to their line so it's doable i wonder why there's a a misstep with Mattel not getting them. I mean, I know it's a contractual thing, but I've wondered that.
2: So Steve said something on the ringside collectibles, um, whatchamacallit, their SDCC kind of follow-up. And it sounds like without going into too much detail, it sounds like that avenues are getting easier to go down, but it's not all the way there, but they're getting close. So it wouldn't surprise me to see a lot of these guys, Start to come back and get signed by a WWE slash Mattel.
1: But is there going to well, be any conflict there with like Chella doing a full size dynamite, like an elite dynamite? I mean, can WWE or Mattel turn around and make an elite dynamite kid when Chella's already done kind of the same figure? Because I thought Christy Petrillo had said something about you couldn't do the same scale.
0: Yeah. Yes. Depends. Oh, but on- I mean, Mattel's doing that rhythm and blues, g- Greg, that Cella's yes. doing. Exactly.
1: Yes. Exactly. So
0: I don't, I don't know. I don't it, know how that works.
1: Maybe it, that's right out the window. Like maybe that's old school, like licensing. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Well, it could just come down to contracts. We don't know what's in the contracts between Chela and the wrestler or Mattel yeah. and the wrestler. So, right. Right. Okay. So, so it all comes down to uh, the little deets in the contract.
0: Exactly. Well, I know Jeff, you, you mentioned uh, power town earlier in mm-hmm. that Makes me think of, you know, obviously Ted DiBiase was going to be in series one, Mm -hmm. but a different look. Cause I was even thinking like, man, I'm surprised they were able to do that. And obviously they weren't because he got pulled. So it kind of makes you wonder like if there's some legality there that we don't even know about yet. Like where they're like, Hey, sorry. Cause Chela showed an Eddie Guerrero. Like he's obviously under a legends deal. Are they able to do that? I don't know how that works.
1: That's a great question. I'd love to know the answer. It's got to come down to the contracts, dude, honestly. Can we get a hold of Sam Rosenthal? Maybe he knows the answers to these questions. (laughs) (laughs) Sam out there.
2: (laughs) We'll we'll talk to uh, Steve Rosenthal, but I'm also going to be on the hunt for Sam.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If there's a Sam Rosenthal listening, please please hit us up. All
2: right, next question comes in. I forgot to put the name down, so that's my fault. Do you know, are you able to say how many sets of the greatest hit series we Will have Steve says one per year for now. So the greatest hits you saw those breaker the Bigelow that they're coming back out with, they're basically
0: redoing. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, they also showed off the, uh, the excuse me, the Rey Mysterio, the Day of the Dead Rey Mysterio. So they're doing a lot of those.
0: Kind of, kind of may it may hurt the value of the previously released figure. I could see that at least loose, yeah. But that'd be a perfect line for a King Harley to be in, right? That exactly, yes, that's exactly right.
2: All right, next question comes in from the Hardy Party. That's kind of a funny name. Steve, please tell me that now with Mattel Creations doing made-to-order figures, that this opens the door to a gobbledygooker. Possibility, please.
1: This may or may not have been me sending in this question.
2: (laughs) No, your name would have been the Hardy Pants Party. (laughs) Anyway. Party in your pants? (laughs) Steve said, I'm totally confident I'd be able to get a successful gobbledygooker out somewhere in the line if... I'm ever given the green light from Wright's perspective to make them. I absolutely will. That one I will never understand. That will go back to the contract because yeah. from what Steve has said in the past, is it came down to who played the gobbledygooker? Um, Hector Guerrero. Hector yeah, Guerrero. Hector Guerrero, yeah. So they said that it, it, it depended on if Hector got a contract with WWE. And I'm like, but you know, many people have played. Maurice go- played
0: her uh, the gobbledygooker.
2: Dude, thank you. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Well, I mean, how many guys have played doink, you know? Exactly. Yes.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that one I've never understood.
0: That That's a weird, I don't know. I don't, again, it's hard to say. I don't know how this stuff works, but I hope they do it. I know one thing I was going to bring up is I, when they got the rights to Mr. T I felt like they were like, okay, we're going to, we're going to ring the chamois for as much as we can. They, they gave them the exclusive at SDCC, the boxing two pack. Masters of the WWE Universe. He's now in the new Superstars line. We got a retro. Yeah, a retro. Exactly. We got as much Mr. T really as you possibly could. So hopefully they do that with Zeus as well, because I think a Zeus retro would be incredible. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they're going to stick with the
1: two packs, you could just throw them in a two pack with Hogan and you're good to go.
0: Absolutely. And everybody that bought it would buy that as well.
1: Easy. Yeah. That's a no brainer.
2: As Steve has always said, they try to pump out as many figures as they can before the license is up or, you know, sure. cause, cause as they've said, they've always, a person could be yanked out from under the rug from them. Just like that guy like mm-hmm. H- Hogan in 2015 or Sting, so, sure. That legends figure. There you go. Absolutely. Yep. Like look what they did with tugboat <laughs> <At> least, Like <laughs> every version of him. They could. Oh yeah. All right. Next question comes in from Bafio. Hey Steve, can Mattel do something about Hogan Fan Takeover? We waited literally one year after the pre-order and then Amazon has canceled everything. Steve said, I sent some questions out to the team that handles this immediately on seeing the various cancellation posts, but I don't have all the answers yet. What I do know is only a small amount of orders have been canceled and the majority of customers who pre-ordered will have their orders fulfilled starting in the next few days. Still trying to see what, if anything, can be done about the cancellations and why that even occurred in the first place. Next question comes in from the Hitman kid. I swear this isn't me. <laughs> and Hasbro has a selfie series, which by the way, I think you guys should do. I'm just saying,
0: you hey. Scott, you and breaker. <laughs> hey, I thought it. Well, so fun fact, my nephew, um, he's got a custom Jason Wolf Hasbro of me. I bought for him. He thinks it's <laughs> nice. awesome, but he likes, he likes elite scale. So he's like, he really wants a an elite figure of me to play with and so i'm like you know what with that that might be doable that would be sweet yes
2: and it's kind of cool because you can you've got star wars property you've got gi joe properties you got power ranger property uh who else was in
0: marvel probably marvel
2: so you, you know you can do yourself up in a bunch of different outfits put your I head think on a transformer body
0: that would be fine be <laughs> Optimus
2: prime you know yeah. what? I didn't see that actually because uh oh. my coworker Eric sent something and it had all the listings that you could do for your, your no transformers, huh? And there was no transformers. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Damn right. it, I wanted to be Bumblebee.
1: I wanted to be Megatron, so that's right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I remember when they announced that I think they said the price was like sixty dollars. Yes, if I remember right. And I'm like, man, I thought it'd be a lot more than that. That's actually not unreasonable for a custom head.
2: Exactly. When didn't
1: figures toy company used to do something like this?
0: Yes. My, my face on a figure or something. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. So this isn't anything really new, but it's kind of the first time that a major toy company has taken something like this over and it gets your brain kind of moving. Like, okay, if I could have my head scanned and put on like anybody's body, say like Mattel opened up the door for this Hasbro, who would it be? You pick one, who would you want your head on? If you could, okay, here's 60 bucks. Go buy your, your, your action figure. Like who would you do? Nails. (laughs) Nails, <laughs> oh. shockmaster.
0: There it is. <laughs>
1: I just got a helmet on.
2: Come on. I, actually, I've already cosplayed that for Halloween one year. So you did,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I guess for me, being a wrestler, I'd try to find someone with like similar looking gear. You know, so I always thought Jack Swagger would be a good body for me because I wore the singlet. So that might oh, be yeah. what oh, I yeah. would go with. I don't. I don't know. That's just a just an idea though.
1: Yeah, it's one to think about though, right? Like, if they were going to give you 60 bucks, here, go buy your action figure. If yeah. You had the door open for Mattel and Hasbro. Who would you go with?
2: Who, who would you go with?
1: Hmm. Probably Kiss.
2: Well, that would be Put fun. my
1: head on Gene Simmons gear, even though like Gene is my least favorite Kiss member.
2: Really? But, like, not, my... not Peter Chris? No, it's Gene. <laughs> really? Peter's an asshole. Well, Peter... such a
1: jerk, dude. Peter
2: Chris is like the worst of them all.
1: No, he's really not. <laughs> He's really not. He's good. I like Peter Chris. Yeah, Jeans my least favorite, but I'd still want like his gear was always the badass one, you know. Oh, yeah, the yeah. dragon boots, the axe base, like that's probably who I'd go with.
2: All right, back to the Hitman Kids question. Hasbro has a selfie series where someone sends a face scan of themselves, Hasbro creates their head scan and attaches it to their figures. Is that something Mattel is considering doing too? Also, Steve, if you can attach your head scan to the body of any wrestler who would it be steve said can't speak on behalf of the company but i'd be down for it and as far as the question of who he whose body you'd like to be put onto, he says i'd probably go with some bret hart style gear for my personal figure which is a good one that's absolutely i would sign my i would sign my own figure too okay so if it was a wrestler (laughs) jeff would you do the same bret hart more
1: than likely or rock and roll express i'd go kevin owens And then see how many people like are like, oh, that's a good Kevin Owens figure.
2: That's a great Kevin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's uncanny. It's solid.
2: All right, last question. Killer Groove says, hey, Steve, will WWE allow you to make figures of current referees, backstage interviews, and commentary members now? I've been waiting for a modern referee figure with a molded shirt for 10 years. Steve says, we have access to a few announcers, interviewers that you'll be seeing in time. Still no movement on modern referees though. Well, we got
0: Corey Graves.
2: And we do have a Pat McAfee coming out.
0: What? Why do you think they don't go that route to do like, I get like announcers and referees aren't going to move as well, but like, I remember Jack's would do like, they throw like an Earl Hebner in a three pack. So it's like triple H The rock and Earl Hebner. Yes. It's like I get Earl Hebner by himself may not sell well, but it's, it's nice to have in the collection.
1: I think this is maybe where builder figures would come into play. No, oh, there you go. Or even like, let's say a builder ref, right? Like yeah. no matter which one, but like a builder ref figure. Well, didn't, I, I think that's, didn't they do, do
0: well? They did Danny Davis, didn't they? A, they a did. while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They did Danny Davis.
0: Now we need uh, <laughs> Nick Patrick.
2: <laughs> Why not breakers over there? Like yes, Charles
0: Charles Robinson with his little natrobe. That would be so <laughs> badass. That
1: would be amazing.
2: <laughs> Tra- Charles Robinson with sprinting action to the ring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Charles Robinson's such a cool guy. Great dude. Is he really? Oh yeah, he's the best.
1: He needs a figure.
0: About, yeah, I agree. And that, again, the longevity he's had looks exactly like he did when he first started. Never had a figure. It's kind of a travesty, but there's a, a a picture that floats around on Facebook about every year. And usually the local independent wrestling companies will see, they'll post it because it's Charles Robinson taping the ropes. And it'll say, see this, he's been in the business 20 years and he's still paying his dues. And I always take my moment to comment Yes, he's head of ring crew. That is his job. (laughs) He gets paid a second salary (laughs) to do this. (laughs) Just so everybody knows.
2: (laughs) Just so we're clear. Yeah. All right. So that is it from the Wrestling Figs message boards that I was able to uh, pull from there. This week, we are going to go back in time and actually, Breaker, I got to applaud you, man. You really uh, went deep. On this one. So, uh, but we'll get into that in the nostalgia segment right after this. Absolutely. We're going back in time for
1: nostalgia. We're going back in time,
0: time, time.
2: Nostalgia. Before we get into the nostalgia segment, we want everybody to head on over to wrestlingfiguredatabase.com com over there. You can find almost every wrestling figure ever produced wrestling figure database And this week breaker decided he wanted to do, and I'm excited about this LJN thumb wrestlers. So what we want you guys to do is go over to the WWF section on wrestling Look for LJN and you will just have to scroll through a little bit and you will be able to find all the thumb wrestlers. We're going to talk about this evening. So again, Wrestling Figure wrestlingfiguredatabase.com. All right, Breaker, I've got to ask, how, where did you come up with this one?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as you guys know, with, with TV ToyCast, me and Travis kind of took the idea you guys had for a nostalgia segment, but kind of opened the parameters to anything. And so I think when we started, we just assumed action figures, right? But then as we started coming up with topics and picking things, I, I threw out one week, I, I threw out the Viewmaster. Yes. Because I was like, everyone had the Viewmaster, right? Everyone remembers that. Yep. I don't remember ever like really liking the Viewmaster, but we all had one or used Every it. kid yeah. had one, yeah. Yeah, and it was it was always like fun for like a few seconds and you're like, okay, I'm done with that. You know, and then you gotta move <laughs> on. But so Travis picked it and I was like, oh, that'll, that'll be interesting. And we got like great like feedback. Like everyone really enjoyed that. They're like, man, that was so cool because I haven't thought about a Viewmaster in years. And that kind of opened my mind. I was like, there's a lot of stuff you know, you think board games or just random stuff that has come out over the years that we don't always think about. And so like LJN, I mean, thumb wrestlers, but they also had the bendies. They also had the stretch wrestlers. Yep, There was so much like kind of under the radar things that we don't always think about. And so like, I don't know, I thought it would be fun to to dive into these.
1: No, I love it because we always praise LJNs. But when we say LJN as a rule, we're talking about the big rubber figures. You know, we're not really talking about the the sub lines you know, which were the bendies and the thumb wrestlers. So no, I love this. This is great.
2: All right, Scott. So what I did on the, our, our show notes is I split it up between good guys and bad guys um, because basically I would say most of them were paired together.
1: Yeah, they were in two packs.
2: They were, so they were all two packs. So I'm going to have you go over the good guys and the bad guys.
1: Yes, sir. LJN, thumb wrestlers, the good guys, Hillbilly Jim, Hulk Hogan, Ricky Steamboat, junkyard dog and paul orndorff the bad guys roddy piper randy savage jake the snake roberts who was produced in small quantities nikolai volkoff the iron Sheik, big john stud and king kong bundy who was also like jake roberts produced in very small quantities and that rounds out the thumb wrestlers
2: so as we said these were all put into two packs but they could be paired with you know you could get ricky steamboat and randy savage or you could get ricky steamboat and jake the snake you could get ricky steamboat and king kong bundy or they paired them off into different two packs it was always face versus heel it was yes yes so you could get roddy piper and hogan or you could get paul orndorf and roddy piper so they came in variations on these which i thought was really cool because you could get you know, you could get Roddy Piper, but if you didn't like Paul Orndorff, you could get Roddy Piper with Hogan.
0: Exactly. So I thought exactly. that was kind
2: of cool how they kind of paired them together like that.
0: It was definitely, it was definitely a fun way to do it. And it's also it was a good way to sell more sets, right? Because yep, you sure. may have already had Hogan, but you're like, Oh, I, I really want that macho man. So I'll go ahead and buy this set. I, I thought these were like, to me, like, like the LJNs were so much fun, but this was almost like if you're going to take your wrestlers to school, this is what you take. You don't take your, yes. you know, wrestling superstars. You could take your little thumb wrestlers and maybe put them in your desk, and your teacher doesn't see them. So this was just kind of that weird subline. And you know, I think everyone remembers, you know, thumb wrestling, right? So this is just kind of adding a little bit to that. I think it was a really good idea.
2: Wait, you're not supposed to take your LJNs to elementary school?
0: <laughs> I didn't dare because, man, those kids were <laughs> vultures with your action. Like I remember. Um, a kid had a x-men gambit when i was in first grade and so he's got like the it's almost like a trash bag material coat uh-huh. and super cool and of course everyone's like let me see it let me see it let me see it and they ripped his jacket oh, like, oh i was no. just like oh. i remember telling my mom she's like that's why i don't let you take your toys to school and i'm like yep lesson learned yep. <laughs> sucks to be that guy oh totally
1: well you couldn't really pack your backpack full of ljns because the thing would weigh like 96 pounds by the time you
2: were it would
0: be so obvious it's like why is the backpack <laughs> so heavy looking
2: <laughs> the school bully starts picking on you you pull out king kong bundy
0: <laughs> suddenly <laughs> yeah. you're wielding a weapon
2: <laughs> exactly um so scott do you have any memories of playing with these
1: you know really my memory is of sitting in front of the ljn ring having whatever kind of matches, looking off to the left, and there sat our Bendy's ring that had all of the LJN bendies inside of it, including the Hulk Hogan with the blue knee pads, by the way. And then looking over to the right and seeing our little pile of thumb wrestlers, which for the most part for us really ended up being kind of stocking stuffers at Christmas. Yes. It wasn't really anything that we went out of our way to collect. We just ended up kind of getting a bunch of them. But to be honest, I didn't really play with these too much. If I wasn't playing with LJNs, it was most likely going to be playing with the Remco's. Third option would be the Bendys because I really love the Bendys line. And then fourth was kind of like, all right, well, I'll slap these things on my thumb for like two minutes and then back to the LJN pile. You know, it was kind of one of those.
2: I remember when we got these, I was like, oh, dad, you got to be Jake the Snake Roberts and I will be Ricky Steamboat or whatnot. And, uh, we jammed our thumbs up their butts. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so, because so dad and I start, you know, thumb wrestling. I'm like, how do you pin like, wait, how, right. how, how do you win? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So dad and I would rip the uh, thumb wrestlers off and then just actually thumb wrestle. <laughs> it,
0: it, again, it's a good idea that doesn't have the best execution. Um, you know, Travis brought up a really good point on TV Toycast one time that I had never thought about, but he, he always kind of talked about price point of toys. And, and he brought up, like, if you're going to a birthday party, this is an ideal birthday gift because it's two yes. wrestlers, yes. but it's going to be cheaper probably than the one LJN figure. So, He's you know, totally I, right. I know yeah, and I know birthday parties that I went to where the kid would get one Ninja Turtle or, you know, one whatever, but it's like, that's the only one they got. So if they didn't have a collection of those. It's just this one lone figure. And so. I think sometimes stuff like this is good as like a gift or or something like that. Like you said, a stocking stuffer for sure.
1: Totally. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that's a great point. Great point.
2: So why was Jyd in trunks?
0: I tried. <laughs> I forgot about that. He was, wasn't he?
2: That's just I, lazy. That's what. <laughs> that's lazy. I wish somebody could answer that. You know, there might be somebody out there that can answer that. But I've always wondered why Jyd was
0: in trunks. That, yeah, Man. that is a weird one. Or kind of like, Scott, you mentioned the uh, Hogan bendy. Like, why did it have blue knee pads? And why was it but, taller than all the other bendies? True. Yeah, I don't it know. It was
1: gigantic. It was like taller than everybody else and had blue knee pads. Like, and that, the was the one,
2: and that was the one that came with the ring. Correct.
1: Yeah. 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 It was really bizarre. And they made it way tall. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, this Hogan was just like the Andre the Giant of the figures. Right. It was head Weren't and shoulders they, of everybody.
0: Wasn't there plan initially to do bendies? Like LJNs like that. Yes. But then like the the wrestling superstar was like the prototype. And they were yes. going to scale it down. That's an interesting thing to think about because I wonder if we would have the hype for that line if we had just gotten bendies as opposed to you know the posable figures that we got.
2: No, probably not, man. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah, because like those are fun, but they're not that great, you know? Yeah. yeah. Although, you know what's funny is as I was, was going through eBay and going through wrestling figure database today. I kept thinking, I was like, man, collecting the bendies would be so much fun just going back because they're so miniature and they, they pop. So in fact, we went to the Santa Clara toy show that I was talking about earlier. And when we went there back in March, somebody had a bag, a Ziploc bag full of bendies. And I asked the guy, how much do you want for this? And I think he said 35 or 40 Scott, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah.
0: And that's a good deal.
2: Well,
1: they were beat up though. Ah, uh, well. Yeah, yeah, so
2: I was like, oh, I'm going to pass. But at the same time, I was kind of thinking, I was like, man, it'd be cool to kind of start collecting those. Well, and I think
1: that they had a leg up kind of on the LJN mainline because you could actually, as they say, they're bendies. You could bend them. You could do moves. You right. Know, the arms mm-hmm. moved, the legs moved, the torso moved, which kind of gave you an extra element of play outside of the LJNs, which didn't move at all. So in my opinion, like for playtime, they kind of had a leg up but the, the assortment wasn't there like it was with the LJ and mainline that's why we played with that a majority of the time
0: sure
2: so what i like to do on this segment is i like to go over some old ebay listings that just happened and these were the only ones that were on card there was only two so hillbilly jim versus john stud last sold ebay listing was june 9th for $100 on one bid oh man <laughs> $100 those were like 399 correct <laughs> that's insane and
1: dude how many times we see hillbilly jim
2: oh dude all, all the time
1: he was like the only one left out of all the two packs at the end of the day like all the right. hogans were gone but you could get yourself a hillbilly jim
0: <laughs> i mean is there something to be said though the fact that it was actually on card though i mean that has to be oh, the yeah. factor as to the expensive part i mean because i, I mentioned to you guys but i don't think we were recording yet but like these were like a fixture at every flea market or garage sale you're definitely yep. going to see some thumb wrestlers, you know, yep. almost always.
2: Yeah. All right. And the last one was Ricky steamboat versus Roddy Piper. Last sold eBay listing was July 29th for 99 99 on a buy it now.
0: Crazy. Wow. Somebody really wanted their thumb wrestlers. These, I wonder <laughs> if it was the same guy that bought both of them.
2: Oh, I know. Huh? <laughs> it was <Life> like <laughs> Sam Rosenthal. <laughs>
0: you know what I
1: remember about playing with these dude also is okay. You had them on your thumbs and you're kind of going to town on them. And then like, you take them off. And your thumb was all hot and sweaty and smelled weird after you pulled it out of the the figure's that's, butt. Like, <laughs> it was just bizarre. It was, it was. A hot thumb that's wet and smells weird.
2: That's a hell of a move right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do, do you guys remember um, in 97, Jax actually did a line of these as well?
1: Yes, that's right. And, and yes, And of
0: course, Jax, of course, was basically LJN, but we didn't know that at the time. But I remember I popped huge when i saw those because i had my lj and thumb wrestlers still so it's like oh, well, i can do bret hart versus you know hulk hogan like this is awesome and, yep. but again much like you're saying once you get them you're like yeah okay these are all that great really but remco actually had a line of thumb wrestlers too jeff
2: that's oh, right that's right. right great call yep uh by the way i do want to point out that the jake roberts did have damien around his neck that's right
0: yeah that interesting because you know the LJN didn't which is which is kind of fun different style figure
2: Yep.
1: So they could do a snake on Jake, but they couldn't fill in junkyard's dog, Junkyard Dog's tights. They just made them shorts
2: or trunks. Y- y- yes and yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so weird. It's the 80s, it dude. Just go with it. <laughs> the 80s was great, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. All right. That rounds out the nostalgia segment. For the last segment, we are going to do Who Did It Better? But who did breaker decide we were going to do this week. So let's get into it. Before we get into who did it better, Scott, you owe everybody an apology for saying you're getting rid of Hasbro's last week. By the way, during the Mm. listener segment.
1: No, I don't. Come at me, bro. I said what I said.
2: (laughs) Uh, You have gotten a lot of uh, backlash regarding that.
1: Am I being canceled? Is that is that what's happening? Please cancel.
2: Please cancel us. Please.
0: (laughs) Jeff doesn't want to edit anymore.
2: (laughs) I want my. That really
0: is a storyline, brother. No, I expected it. I fully
1: expected it. But again, you know, leaning into that whole experience, if you're gonna sit back and look at a collection from
2: my childhood, keeping the Remcos. The only person that had your back was Travis, Travis Fowler.
0: Exactly. And that that's that's my other brother. The Remcos, I think, are interesting because up until like maybe elites, was there ever a line that all of them pretty much had soft goods? That just didn't happen very often. No. It really didn't.
1: No. No, definitely not. Because every line went with poly Pocket style. Mm-hmm. At least some, you know, it was like a 50-50 mix maybe. But yeah, Remco was 100% soft goods.
0: Like even like even like Jack's, I know like occasionally you would get like a soft goods thing, but it was rare. And to know yes. maybe classics. You saw a little bit more with classics. But right. it, it took a while to get like the actual cloth and stuff. So Remco was way ahead of its time for sure.
2: My favorite thing about Jack's. Is they would paint the arms, so I have a Jerry Sags <laughs> sitting behind me right here, and they would have a jacket, but it, the sleeves would be cut off, but they would paint the arms, and that was always my favorite part. <laughs>
0: so you took the so, jacket
1: off, and he still had painted
2: arms. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I I always hated that. That was I I remember having a Titan Tron Live Edge as a kid, uh-huh. and his his jacket sleeves were molded. Yep. And I didn't realize that when I bought it. So like, if you take it off, he's got like just sleeves but nothing else it's like <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this i can't play with
2: this <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous uh so scott uh will you issue an apology to everyone
1: no absolutely not i said what i said i stand by it i like
2: the way you think be defiant stand your ground
1: being very defiant look i i knew the hasbro love of course i mean we always mark ljn and uh, hasbro as one and one a as our favorites but uh, again from a playtime standpoint For me personally, it was Remco's and LJN's. Hasbro's were kind of beyond my playtime, but I know a lot of our listeners, Hasbro was right in the wheelhouse of their playtime. So I get why I'm getting the backlash and that's fine. But if I want to look at a loose collection and as Breaker said, those soft goods were something else, that entire line in front of me with everybody with all of their accessories, I'll take that any
0: day of the week. I think also too, in that it it can be like what you played with the most. And I loved Hasbro's. I loved LJN's, but I, I probably played with bone crunching action more, but I don't have a lot of nostalgia for that line because it's not very good, but, yeah, (laughs) but that's like, you know, that's our first stone cold figure. That's, you know, first like triple H and the rock and all those guys. So it was, it was a great line for the time. Doesn't really hold up though. So I kind of get what you're saying for sure.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. And what we're at Remco gave us a lot of our first like Ric Flair and sure. Michael's two of the best ever. And Absolutely. they all came with, like you said, breaker, the soft goods accessories. I think those figures are awesome. I love them. I stand by what I said.
2: Well, the- Burn in hell Hasbro. No, I'm <laughs> Wait, no, we don't mean that you guys make GI Joes. You guys are cool. <laughs> no, the Hasbros were, they were more aesthetically pleasing. Like they <laughs> were more display pieces.
1: Agree. Yes. had that shine.
2: Exactly. The galoops to me were more fun to play with than the Hasbro's because coming from LJN and having one solid mold. Right. I always enjoyed playing with LJNs because it it kind of, opened up a creativity on how to play with figures. And then the Gloobs kind of did that same exact thing for Hasbro's. It was like, you'd kind of have to lift up ultimate warriors arm to do a clothesline or it, it, I don't know. I just didn't like it. The mechanisms, I guess. So they, to me, they were more of a display piece than they were playtime.
1: And they still, to this day, make great display pieces.
2: Oh, a hundred percent. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And of course I still, it's not like it wouldn't hurt my heart to kill off Hasbro. It hurt (laughs) me when I said it, but I said what I said.
2: It would benefit your wallet.
1: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. Well,
0: one more thing too about Remco that I think is an interesting thing. Like if you look at that line, a lot of those guys, that's the only figure they've ever had. Maybe up until maybe Powertown starts doing more of them. But a right. lot of those a lot of those characters, you know, like Larry Zabisco, I think that's is that his only figure up until no. like maybe but Maybe like Mattel or Jax, though?
2: Uh, to,
1: to Mattel, yes. Up until Mattel, yeah. So we're talking like, what, eight, 1986 up until that figure came out in, what, 2016? Yeah. Hall of Fame, 18. something like that.
0: Yeah. Right, exactly. So, yeah, that's and a
1: long time. Talking 30-something years.
0: The Long Riders, the Freebirds, a lot of these guys didn't have a lot of figure representation in that era. So I think it's that's what makes the line special, I think.
1: For sure. And that iteration of the Freebirds, too, and the Remcos, we didn't see that again until Jack's Classic Superstars.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So
1: that was 20 something years in between releases. So yeah, this just, it's that soft spot in my heart. And I honestly think that Remco would have lived longer with that line. Had they been able to incorporate NWA stars?
0: Oh, hundred percent.
1: If they had somehow been, and we've talked about this, if they had somehow been able to grab the NWA license and make guys like dusty Magnum, TA, the four horsemen outside of because they already made him. Yeah. And if they kept it long enough, sure they could have gotten the whole UWF roster to Eddie Gilbert, I mean, yep. they could have had a tremendous roster, and that would have, I would imagine that would have gone until the AWA's death in what, 1990? Yeah. So it could have had a Absolutely. longer run, totally. And those figures got better as time went on as well. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, it, I think it died off too young.
2: Yeah, hold on. The Sam Rosenthal papers are flying in. <laughs> if, if they were available to us,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sam Rosenthal's our Remco guy now. Apparently,
2: <laughs> well, Steve Steve Rosenthal worked for Remco, but Sam, I, I still don't know who this guy is.
1: <laughs> He's the one faxing your papers.
2: Uh, Going <laughs> <laughs> facsimiles. Facsimile, yes. <laughs> uh, by the way, also only figure ever of Mister Electricity, the original
0: Stephen. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, That's absolutely.
2: Right. I bet you when you woke up this morning, you did not think I was going to talk about Mr. Electricity. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> did not at all. And I love it. <laughs> I'm here for this. Damn it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a, fun, a fun fact about that. Cause I didn't know who that guy was, you know, but I, I had the figure and I looked up and it's like, Oh, it's Steve Regal, And I'm like, like Lord Stephen Regal? I, <laughs> I just assumed that was the same guy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, okay. Let's get into who did it better. in this week, breaker who did you choose for who did it better
0: so i chose kevin nash and uh, i went with him because he's had a lot of figure representation over the year and scott mentioned while we weren't recording yet does this also include diesel and i was like yeah i think it absolutely includes diesel because that that's who you know part of who he was but i mean you know kevin nash had figures from jacks mattel toy biz uh it's almost easier, like, who
1: didn't make Kevin Nash?
0: Right, and he's had so many, and it and still has figures to this day. Yeah. He's got that new uh, Mattel uh, Creations Ultimate coming out. Diesel, yep. He's in the Series 2 of the Superstars line. Like, so many. He's a, a new retro. So many Kevin Nash slash Diesel figures. Um, it's it's kind of hard to choose, because he's had a lot, of, a lot of great ones over the years. Was supposed to have a Hasbro, too. Yep, Absolutely.
2: So, Scott, why don't you run down a quick list of Kevin Nash diesel figures?
1: Well, I see. I was afraid you were going to ask that, but I think Breaker actually kind of ran the gamut of who has made Kevin Nash. Like, we've had TNA figures of him, we've had WCW figures of him, WWE, like every federation that he's been with has made a slew of Nash figures. So, the first one out of the gate, correct me if I'm wrong, Just Toys Bendems.
2: You are correct. Should have been right. a Hasbro
1: orange yep. card. Unfortunately, we missed out on that. Has or Mattel made good on that later on with the diesel retro. Um, and from there, I mean, you name the company. Okay. So ECW didn't make a, a Kevin Nash figure. No, pretty much everybody else did. We got TNA. Uh, we had a bunch of classic superstars of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mattel has made, as Breaker said, just a slew of Kevin Nash slash diesel figures. And man, it's run the gamut from really bad see his kevin nash vibrating figure (laughs) to really really good which will be the lists that we're going to throw
2: out one underrated one that i do want to throw out is his deluxe classic Mm, Oh,
1: so you're calling that an underrated
2: i am calling it underrated it's one of my favorite kevin nash figures but i don't feel that it's my favorite so
1: i kind of made a list of like a top three and surprisingly enough that figure jeff because he's in his Red Outsiders gear, that one is in my top three.
2: Okay, okay. That is
1: a great, great Kevin Nash sculpt.
2: I love that figure. It's fantastic. I have it signed in Sharpie. I've got to get it re-signed, actually.
1: Get that re-signed, sir. I need to get it re-signed, sir. What color are you going to go with, though, to pop off the red outfit?
2: Ooh, great question. I'd probably go yellow.
1: Put some Harlem heat action on that thing, red and yellow.
2: Yeah, I think I would go yellow on it, or a sky blue, or a... Ooh, I think a blue color would be good when you get it re-signed. Yeah, that would be good. I, it, would be, it would come down. I'd, I'd have to choose yellow or blue, and I would have Kevin Nash decide. That is such a ballsy move to take a magic
1: eraser to your signature. Like, mm. I, I couldn't do it. There's no way I'd be like, nope, I'm just going to buy another one and have him sign that one.
2: It's easy to do. do it. It's really easy to do. Check it out. <laughs> First, you step to the side like you're like, okay, 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 settle settle sorry, down. sorry.
1: Settle down, Jeff. All right, P Shachy.
2: All right. So actually you made a top three. Why don't you go over your top three? Yeah. So
1: my top three of Kevin Nash figures, I've got his Mattel elite Legends series 12, which is a fairly recent figure, but damn, that face sculpt is good on that thing. Isn't it? It's an outstanding, like, I don't know that I would put it as my number one because I'm having a hard time with these top three, Mm -hmm. but that, that new elite legends and I hate to go recent on it, but man, that thing is so good. Like, just look at it. The headband, the expression on the face, it's in the the too sweet. Great looking figure. As mentioned previously, the Deluxe Classic Series 2. Uh, last one on my top three is the Vitella Elite Hall of Fame Series 5 as Diesel with the IC title.
2: That's a really good figure too. Actually, I think that's my number one.
1: Okay, so that's where I'm kind of torn because it's those three. But I really think it comes down to that elite legend. And I hate to be all pro Mattel. Like I've been the last few weeks since SDCC, <laughs> but here we go. I think my top two are the legend series 12 and the hall of fame series five. And I think I'm leaning hall of fame series five, just because I was a bigger fan of diesel than I was the Kevin Nash character. Okay. So I think we're in agreement on that, Jeff.
2: Solid picks right there, man.
1: Thank you.
0: Breaker. Do you have a list or do you have a favorite? So there was I had to look it up real quick because I thought, I, I hope I'm not remembering that wrong. I, and I must have been, I must be kind of confusing a couple of figures, but I a figure of his I really, really liked because I thought it was just a great figure was his uh, initial TNA toy biz. I, I thought it was an absolutely phenomenal figure and tall, like it, very, very good scale. But I seem to remember it being his first figure with gray hair but that's actually not the case i think i don't think he had a figure with the gray hair until tna jacks but i could be wrong on that i think you're um, right yeah because i don't uh, recall
1: I, uh the jacks wwe making any any nashes
0: with gray yeah. yeah and that's i don't know that's a weird thing but i like that's such a trademark of his nowadays for yeah. sure yeah so i feel like that's that should be done um I love the, and I know it's not like the greatest figure, but I love that Just Toys Bend'em. I, I just, I think it's Agree. amazing. Yes. It's cartoony, but like you mentioned before, like it really filled the, filled the gap with your your Hasbros when you yeah. miss that one. Yep. So I, I've always really liked that one. And, and the, this is kind of a, an interesting one I'm going to throw out there. This one might give me some heat with somebody here. I really, <laughs> I really like the, uh, the WCW Toy Biz oh. because- Well, do you have one specifically? the initial uh is a smash and slam that initial yeah, wave yeah yeah and the reason i say that that's the f- only time we've gotten him with the fringe on the on the pants good point. where it was like a separate piece you know
2: yeah, a separate piece that's right
0: they molded that yeah yeah
2: breaker i'm gonna mute your mic real quick <laughs> 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 just real quick yeah, so let's round out the show <laughs> I'm only kidding, man. No, Scott, I've got to agree with you about that Hall of Fame one. That is the best. To me, that's the best one they've done. And like you said, don't want to, you know, be on the Mattel train every single week, but that was a that was a fantastic figure.
1: Definitely. And as Breaker mentioned earlier, we still have that ultimate edition coming out from the Mattel creation set. Yes. Yep, and, absolutely. And I think when you have that one in hand, that one could easily get added to anybody's top three Nash Diesel figures ever. Um but you know what, Breaker? I'm going to agree with you. A lot of those Toy Biz Nash figures that came out because they would do several different looks of him. Don't you mute me, Jeff. I'm watching you.
2: <laughs> Scott's going to get muted. <laughs>
1: Stop. <laughs> because they would do him when he had his like his long hair, as mm-hmm. you mentioned in the Smash and Slam series. But then he would have his ponytail. Yes. And he would have his hair slicked back. And so they could really focus more on like a good face sculpt. And I think more often than not with Nash figures from Toy Biz, they hit the nail on the head more than they missed with him.
0: He's one of those guys where if you look at, he doesn't have a lot of stinkers, even some of the figures that aren't the best, like his are usually pretty good. And yes, no, we're not talking the vibrating figures or those little
1: weird looking plastic ones that OSFTM would release. Like right. Like main figures,
0: main figures. Exactly. Um, And I know, I know this is a, a weird one to throw out there, but I, I think Mattel, should tackle Oz, because Oz Agree. is one of, the, yes. one of the goofiest characters of all time. Totally. But incredibly toyetic, though. If they did oh, the head and the yes. cape, and come on. like I love it. The amount of deco it. that would
1: go into him would just oh, be yeah. so crazy.
0: And I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but they're making Farouk Asad they, they made the goon. <laughs> yes. They made Zodiac. It's yes. not that crazy. Like, this is like, this is the thing. We should make this happen. Come on, Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> did you get ever, a gobbledygooker, we'd better get an Oz. Did you ever hear the story about Arn Anderson talking to the Ron Reese when he was the Yeti? No. I guess he asked him like, well, what am I supposed to do when I go out there? He goes, just do whatever feels right. <laughs> of course, that leads to the double hump of Hogan. It, <laughs> he walks back and he goes... Not that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!
0: Classic Arne
1: Arne Anderson. We actually reviewed that pay per view on Drunk Wrestling History not too long ago, and we we spent a lot of time on that specific spot where they were basically quote unquote double teaming Hogan. <laughs> that
0: was so awkward. Oh my gosh! Is, so is that the same one where the giant falls all the way off the building? Yep. Yeah. Oh god, that was like peak bad WCW. And now yes. You'll get this with, with drunk wrestling history, WCW didn't seem like a big deal until Hogan got there. Correct. But they were putting on some banger pay-per-views in like 92, 93, like their talent roster was great. Unbelievable. Hogan comes in, they become a big deal, but it's like this, it it was kind of, it was kind of garbage in a lot of ways though. Yeah. The writing got a
1: lot worse because you had Luger and uh, Ron Simmons at, I believe it was Halloween Havoc ninety. one ninety-two, right? And right. Two out of three falls match for the world title. It was incredible, mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. But yeah, and then you go like fast forward two or three years, and you've got the giant falling apparently to his death from the top of Detroit Stadium. Like, yeah. wait, what? And they just had a monster truck battle on top of the stadium too. What?
0: And then like Hogan's doing a speech. That's a long way down to the parking lot, brother. <laughs> <laughs> like... And in walks the giant, like nothing happened, and, and like no one in the crowd is even like. At all concerned, and Hogan's got that face like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so bad. Nobody so he was bad. yelling,
1: "Zombie! Like, <laughs> come on! <laughs> you just fell off the roof!"
0: Yeah, horrible.
2: So, Breaker, I do have a quick question about. You know, it's fake, right? Sure. I've listened to. I would say about ninety to ninety five percent of all of them. Is there one story that maybe one of your buddies has told that kind of surprised you? You didn't even know about.
0: Man, I'd have to think, I I know. So it didn't get told on the podcast, but we were going to, this is a little bit disgusting. Fair warning to everybody. Oh, bring it a friend of mine. Yeah. A friend of (laughs) mine, he's a, he's a local Oklahoma wrestler named John cross, but he's told me this story before. And he mentioned it on a Facebook post that this is where I think the whole landscape of pro wrestling being fake or not real is so bizarre he's doing a match in Texas somewhere in which there's no like athletic commission or anything. He's got some color. So he's bleeding. They're fighting through the crowd. So there's blood mm-hmm. going places. And this is, you know, probably early 2000s, So it was a little bit more commonplace. Then a young kid puts her hand in the blood and goes, Oh, it's fake blood. <gasps> and then licks it. Oh, oh no.
1: Oh no. Did she get a yeah. she's hardcore chant?
0: Well, I, I I think, I don't know if like anyone really saw it except him, but I think he was just like, Oh my God, like what is happening here? And I think it's that weird mindset of like, maybe she's heard. It's not real blood. It's Mm -hmm. ketchup or it's movie blood or whatever. And so I think that's the weird thing about pro wrestling. And I've always said this, like people, I think they, they think everything about it is this. Staged, scripted, almost like play. When in reality, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a show, it's entertainment, but it's like everything is happening. It's it's really happening right there in front of you. So it's almost like you pull everything out and you're like, oh yeah, this is. There's no way any of this is real. But it's like, no, these guys really do get hurt. I mean, we've seen it happen. Big E recently, Absolutely. you know, yeah, uh, nearly could be a career ending neck injury. Who knows? And it's it's just a, a, a simple little mistake. And so. That's, I think, the part about it that's always kind of baffled me is when people can't, whether you're a fan or not, like that, that's irrelevant, but you can't look and be like, yeah, that's dangerous. These guys can get hurt. It's a live action stunt show. So I think that's the craziest story that came to mind. I know um, my buddy Jack Gamble, we've joked about this before, where he had mentioned that, you know, someone at work tells him, like, hey, you know, I know you do that wrestling stuff, but I don't really like wrestling. He's like, yeah, okay, that's fine, whatever and they get to talking more and he's like, well, what do you like to watch? She goes, well, I like, you know, like the bachelor survivor. And he's <laughs> like, I mean, you, you know, it's fake, right? You know, like, and, and again, it's, it's like, we don't bat an eye at that. Like we know it's like kind of trash TV and it is what it is. People can enjoy that. But if you were to tell them you like wrestling there, there is that certain reaction you do get from people.
2: Yeah. It's like a that, stigma almost.
0: Yeah. And it's like, and, and like, they can't wait to tell you like, Oh, you like wrestling. You know, it's, you know, it's fake. Right. Yeah. Like I've been watching my whole life. It's not a secret. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's weird how there's this stigma. And I know like Jim Cornette has said back in the eighties, the fear was if the word gets out, we won't make any money. And that's really not the case, but I could see where his fear would come from. Like for sure. If, yeah, If people don't believe this, they won't spend their money now people are kind of in on it and that's kind of part of the entertainment, but like my nephew's eight and he's kind of told me like people have told him it's not real, but I'm like, I will never, I will never break that barrier for him because I feel like he's, cause he loves going to live wrestling. He loves watching it on TV. So I'll always keep that mystique alive as long as he's willing to believe.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. It's like Santa. Exactly. Yep. Wrestling is predetermined, but it's anything but fake.
2: And that's right. what I told the uh, FedEx driver the other day. Because the FedEx driver, I had my Heart Foundation t-shirt, the NBA Jam style Heart Foundation shirt. I had that on at work. and he Great goes, shirt. I love it. I love it. Um, but he comes up to me and he goes, do you believe in that wrestling? And I said, do I believe in it? He goes, yeah. Do you believe it's real? And I said, the outcomes are predetermined, but the injuries are real. And he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They get hurt, but do you believe that it's real?" And I'm like, "I think I just answered your question. You dude. totally just answered his question. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but I but don't like, know. I don't know what he was looking for, though.
0: Well, if you base it off of that, okay. So you're going to say, okay, pro wrestling's not real. Well, what is real? Are we, are we talking sports? Like with sports, you're dealing with big money and contracts and politics. Mm-hmm. That." That takes realism out of it. I remember when Brock Lesnar was in UFC, he loses to Frank Mir, kind of like no one saw that coming. But Frank Mir got him. He beat Heath Herring in his second fight and his third fights for the UFC title. How was a one-on-one record in any way put him in a title match? Other yeah. than the fact yep. that he was selling tickets and yep. he was selling pay-per-views, he's money. Yep. How is that not a work? You know, totally. Like, I'm yep. sorry, it is. Yeah is well, the fight, real sure but it's 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 a business so anytime you have business and money yeah it's a work
1: yeah. yeah put somebody some joe Schmo, the fedex driver in the ring and have them take a power bomb from breaker and then <laughs> have them get up and tell us that that it's not real yes okay come on give me a break
2: <laughs> Scott. you know what's funny is i was think- i was just thinking about when you got into the tna ring down in anaheim
1: <laughs> rack my nuts on the, <laughs> <of> the rope <laughs>
0: I'm like this shit's real <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, a f-
0: funny story about that uh a guy i trained under a lot was trevor murdoch he was down at harley school when i was there and he one of the things he always liked to do is let guys know hey when you get in the ring probably something you didn't know hold on to the rope
1: yeah i didn't know that yep. that
0: is why it's, so he could not wait to kick that bottom rope oh. or no rope,
1: <laughs> it hurt bad enough without that breaker. Oh my god, just thinking yeah. about
0: that. Like he he lo- like anytime he'd be in the school. Like anytime, like if you guys have probably seen it when you give a shoulder tackle, you kind of almost make an L shape with your left arm and you you meet peck to peck. If your arm hangs flat, your fingers or knuckles will hit the guy right in the nuts. <laughs> just one of those little tricks of the trade. So anytime Trevor was there, I'm like. Hey Trevor, you mind showing the new guys why we hold our arms like that in a tackle? He's like, I'd love to. <laughs> He'd hop <laughs> in and pop him in the nuts. Oh, oh, Something he lived for. So. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Oh, <laughs> so <good>. visual aids. <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks for answering
2: that, Breaker. I've always kind of been curious, like if there was one story that kind of just came out of nowhere and kind of surprised you. So
0: there's a there's a bunch, you know, and I think it, every experience is different. And I think that's what's been been fun about doing this show because I didn't necessarily think that when I started it I thought well this all I can only really talk to wrestlers but then I was like well no I can talk to other people because you know referees managers ring announcers promoters fans people who are in any way into wrestling have probably been faced with this question Mm -hmm. multiple times and I'm sure you guys have many times and it's and it's weird because like I don't know why you have to defend your your fandom right like Right. Jeff, I know you're a Buffalo Bills fan. Like, no one is like, well, why do you like them? It's like, you just just do.
2: I've had that question a gazillion times, especially (laughs) especially a dude out here being a dude from California out here liking the Bills. They're like, really? You're You're so far away from Buffalo. Why (laughs) do you like the Bills? I get that question all the time, but I I know what you mean. Like, you'll hear a lot of people go, oh, I love Spider-Man or I love Marvel. Nobody goes, well, you know, there is no Spider-Man just shooting webs out of his hands. You know, it, it's a, it's a different fandom that wrestling is a different fandom that you kind of have to explain to people that don't understand it.
0: Well, yeah. Like a guy at my work was, was, and I, I try not to bring it up, but he was kind of talking about dark side of the ring and cause he was watching it on Hulu or something. And I was like, well, yeah, I've seen them all. Like, you know, what questions do you have? And he was just kind of like, well, you know, you know, was Bruiser Brody, was he really murdered in the locker room? I was like, yeah, that's, that's legit. Not like part of the show. And I'm like, <laughs> how, like, how is that, <laughs> is that part of the show? Like, I mean, it's, it's such a far question, but it's like, and then like the next day, you know, he's like, I, you know, I know you like that wrestling stuff. I just, I just can't get into it because it's not real. And I'm like, okay. The next day he was going to go see Jurassic Park. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, you already know where I'm going. <laughs> I don't think the dinosaurs are around anymore. <laughs> so you, you don't even need to go see this movie. Just you know, skip it. <laughs> uh,
2: Jeeps were not around when dinosaurs were around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But again, I don't, it's not weird to get lost in a movie or, you know, or comic book stuff. Like it's not, it's not weird to say, Hey, we're going to go see the new Jurassic park movie. Oh, awesome. I've heard it was good. Or, Hey, we're going to go see the new Thor movie or whatever it might be. That's not weird to people. But if you say, Hey, I'm getting a group of fan, friends together we're going to watch WrestleMania people are be like, "Oh, really?" Why? Yeah. And I don't and I don't understand that. I've had I've had a few friends who were not wrestling fans. And I remember one of them I, and I I'm hoping to reconnect with him soon he lives in Michigan, but I was having a Royal Rumble party. I think it was the 05 Rumble. And so I had like six or seven people come in. I was like, "Hey man, um, I've got this Royal Rumble party. I know you're not a wrestling fan, but if you want to come, we're going to make burgers and stuff like you're welcome." He's like, "Yeah, I'll come." and i was like okay cool and i told him i was like you know it's like five dollar buy-in or whatever it is he's like yeah that's cool and i was afraid like this is gonna be a three-hour show i don't know if he's gonna dig this he was absolutely into it he's like no this is not something i'm gonna watch week to week but i enjoyed the hell out of watching that i'm like well that's what it's about right like right it's entertainment you can sit down and, and the royal rumble is a fun match obviously but he got into watching everything and seeing everything it was like it was just a fun experience and i don't i think if people would let Go of a prejudice they have about wrestling, they can all enjoy it as well. Yep. Agree.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
2: All right. We are going to round out the show right here. We want everybody to check out wrestlingtoytracker.com. Over there, you can check out the carded and loose prices of LJN's, Gloobs, Hasbro's, Just Toys, Bendoms, Defining Moments, and Retros. If you are on the hunt for any of those figures, head on over to wrestlingtoytracker.com to make sure you're getting fair carded prices or lose prices as well. All right. Breaker, do you want to uh, do the plugs for, you know, it's fake, right? And breaker and Bain's power hour.
0: Sure. I can do that. So, um, you know, it's fake, right? Comes out every Monday uh, with a special guest. Um, Actually, Jeff, you're coming up on a future episode. Yes. In like two weeks or so. Scott, I need to get you back on the show sometime, man.
1: I'd love to do it. Absolutely. Anytime.
0: Yeah. It's always, always a good time having you guys on Um, that drops every Monday breaker and Bain's power hour drops every Sunday. And TB Toycast should be up and rolling full steam ahead every Thursday. So Ooh. I'm bu- I am very busy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that's back, man. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I am too. It's it's a good it's a good show. It's it's fun. It's it's one of those things like we were already talking toys, you know. So and it's it's so cool because there's so many things out there that like things that he remembers that I don't, things I remember that he doesn't, and then the weird thing. And like, Jeff, you joined us a, a while back on an episode on the Simpsons figures. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you start talking about it and you start looking at it and you're like, man, I kind of want these. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the hardest thing about that show is like, you start looking at this old stuff and you're like, I wonder how much these cost. You start scrolling like, oh, too much. <laughs> never, never mind. <laughs> but if it's kind of affordable, you're like, hey, that ain't so bad. I can, I can swing that. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, well, we were looking for it. By the way, that starting lineup episode was so much fun oh it was a blast
0: yeah it was great and that was such a an interesting one to tackle because i was like i don't know how we could go figure to figure on that there's just too many but i thought we did a really good job of just kind of covering the whole basis and now those are coming back which is awesome next yes. month yeah yeah yep
2: 9 22 22 can't
0: wait it's gonna be great
2: all right also we got the positively pro wrestling podcast with steve fontas and eric sanchez we got the chick foley show with Seth, Sheena, and Marco going over wrestling. We got wrestling cheers with Justin Summers. RJ's doing ringside rant. We got Marty and Rucker doing boots to the face. Tim's pulling up a chair with the fig life community. We got soda and Ethan doing a NASCAR podcast called in the marbles pod. So check that out. If you're into NASCAR and Scott, what you got for drunk wrestling history.
1: Yes. Give us a follow on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. The episode that dropped this past Friday was our Mount Heenan episode, which oh. was our Mount Rushmore of wrestling managers.
0: Oh, Ooh, I like it. I like so, Mount
1: Heenan. It, well, obviously, I, Eddie well, and I, I named it.
2: That didn't sound right. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Shame on you, Jeff. How that dare did you? not sound right at How all. How dare you?
1: I had the ability to mute, mute your microphone. Um, so what I, if anything, don't tune in for what Eddie and I have as our top four. Tune in for what Adam has. As his top four, because remember, Adam's time frame in wrestling is around 2001 to current.
0: Oh, I bet that was hard to think of four managers from that era.
1: It was. So, I mean, he had I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but obviously Paul Bearer was on that list because he's been after the fact. Okay, Paul Heyman. But uh, then you start thinking, okay, since 2001. Who's been in the managerial game that could fall onto a Mount Rushmore? Because Adam didn't work backwards.
2: Can I guess? Uh, because he was a huge mm-hmm. TNA fan, uh, James Mitchell. Wait, is it James Mitchell?
0: Father James Mitchell. Yeah, James that's a good. That's a good one. That's a good one. And he
1: was a big TNA fan. Am I but right? you, will, you will have to tune in to see if that made his Mount Rushmore of managers. Ooh! I guarantee you, at least one of his picks will make you die laughing. <laughs>
0: I hope it's. I hope it's Lamont. Ernest the Cat Miller's manager. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest the Cat Miller had that brief run in like '04, and I remember one of the Royal Rumbles, Lamont comes running out, and Jim, i was like, Jim I was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> who is that? Yeah. <laughs> Good times.
1: Oh yeah, but you gotta tune in to hear Adam's picks because I thought he was he was kidding. I was like, wait, no, really? Like, it, oh.
2: All right. It's a lot of
1: fun. Check it out. I mean, obviously, Eddie and I are are almost on the same page, but Adams is completely out of left field because of his time frame. And that's what makes that episode, at least for me, very, very enjoyable. So again, wherever you find your podcast, you'll find Drunk Wrestling History because we're not always accurate, but we're always drunk.
2: Wait, was it Cherry, Deuce and Domino's?
1: I'm not giving anything away, dude. No spoilers.
0: All right, all right, all right. You
1: got it. Right. That's a good, in.
0: that's a that's a good guess too, though.
1: Thank it you. is. It is. Yeah, because now your brain's working like, okay, who was a manager after '01 that oh, would yeah. actually make a Mount Rushmore? I,
2: like, I I'm thinking Stacy Keebler with the Dudleys. I'm thinking
0: obviously Hayden, yeah. You know, stuff like all right, all right. Well, and also too in like the later eras, like they were they weren't like Bobby Heenan where they had a series of guys they managed. It was always like right, like Cherry was specifically with Deuce and Domino, correct? And that that was it. So. I, I miss personally, I miss the days of like Jimmy Hart having his, you know, yes. crew, crew and, you know, even Mr. Fuji had a, f- a few guys usually sometimes. So
1: Slick had an army next to him. Yeah. Classy Freddie, Blassie. So I think we were, we had the golden era of tag teams in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I think we also, without a doubt, had the golden era of managers.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all had I their agree. own
1: unique personality. But then, like you said, Breaker, they all had their army of guys next to him that was so different. And that's what just made it fun as a kid to watch. Like, okay, who's Hogan going to take on next? Like which manager is going to put the army behind him to go take on Hogan. And that was always super exciting. Oh, I agree. I think it's awesome.
2: All right. I've got to tune in Friday
1: for this one. Oh, you'll love it, dude. Text me when you, after you listen to it. (laughs) All right. I will. Let me know how hard you're laughing at Adam.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And also check out Marty and Sarah love wrestling. Scott roll call.
1: Yes, sir. Going to throw it out to the great Jason Wolf. If you need artwork of any type, Jason is your guy. He does custom Hasbros. He does incredible artwork. He's designed most of our t-shirts. He should be designing yours too. Jason Wolf, give him a follow on his Twitter or any pretty much social media at the Art of Jason Wolf. And of course, Jeff, I know this is your favorite part of the episode where you get to sing along with me.
2: Yes, OutsidersBeardCo. (laughs)
1: OutsidersBeardCo.com.
2: Yes, uh, with uh, waxes and oils, uh, to making your beard hair smell great. And, uh, if you don't want your beard hairs smelling like your butt hairs head on over to outsidersbeardcode.com
1: Well done, dude. Ah,
2: yes. I knew eventually I get it. Well
1: done. All you had to throw in there was these are all made by Bane, the amazing artist Bane himself. So you got to go to outsidersbeardcode.com Check it all
0: out.
2: Ah, yes. I, I was so close. I almost had it
0: all. He, he puts out great products. I can't actually wear a, a beard anymore because of my job, which sucks, but I used to always have a, a beard and I, uh, I was more a fan of the balm and I never had thought to use anything like that. But once he kind of, he made me some samples, I was like, man, this stuff is awesome.
1: Like it's yeah. such
0: a cool, it's such a cool thing.
1: Yep, definitely. keeps <laughs> you, your beard it, soft and it smells yeah, good. And yeah, yeah I use oils myself. I've tried the waxes, not a big fan of the waxes, but I definitely like the oils.
0: Yeah. It, it, and I think every person's a little bit different, but percent, oh, gr- yeah, it's great stuff. Now, I'm going to throw something out at you guys. You mentioned the great Jason Wolf and his custom Hasbros. Now, that is something I've been collecting very heavily. Mm-hmm. And, and a big reason is I think it's really fun to collaborate with him on all the different ideas and like, hey, man, what if we did this and did that? And he's like, oh, yeah, I definitely could do that. I want to give you guys, like, take a guess how many custom Hasbros I now own from the one and only Jason Wolf. Because the number, I, I I put them all in a notepad and, you know, it numbered out. And I was very shocked to see the number.
2: <laughs> okay. So, the TB so the TB Toy Cast uh, tweets them out. So, yep. uh, okay. I'm going to say Jason has produced...
0: And keep in mind, I, I, I have a lot of, like, heads from, like, Warsmen and other people. Yes. And I've done, I've done some custom requests. So I, I've got oh, m- probably more than I should have, but I have a bunch.
2: I'm going to say 32. And,
1: Breaker, are these all custom Hasbros you have complete in your collection?
0: Complete in my collection from <clears throat> Jason Wolf. Um, Scott, would you like to take a guess? I'm going to go 26. I have seventy one. Oh, we <laughs> had our numbers yeah. together. We weren't even close. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, seventy one. Oh, oh um, wow. Yeah. Well, and and I think what has made that such a fun collection for me, it's kind of it's on a, a bunch of different levels. A, I don't have to worry about mint on card or loose because that's not an, even an option. And it's really cool to because like he did a. a I guess you could say it now he did an adorable Adrian Adonis recently mm-hmm. and you kind of could pick the attire you wanted him in. He's done that with sting.
1: Yeah. To me, like awesome. that's a,
0: it's a really fun idea to be able to just say, okay, I want this or I want that or kind of come up with an idea. And like one of my ideas I had is I was like, Hey, what if you took a razor Ramon head and you put it on a Sid justice body and we did the diamond stud. Ooh. And he's like, he's like, Oh, that's, yeah, that's doable. And I was like, do you have a Kevin Nash head? He goes, yeah, I do. And I was like, could you do Oz? He's like, yeah, I could. And so those are a couple of the newer ones I got and what's even better. And this is what makes Jason so clever is I won't say who it was because it's really clever, but he was like, how about instead of the razor Ramon head, we use this head for the diamond stud. And he gave me his reasons and it, it looks better than the razor Ramon head, which is the actual guy, which is crazy. But the guy's got a keen eye for that. The things he's put together for me are just phenomenal. So it's definitely my my favorite thing to collect these days. That's he's, awesome.
2: He's such a genius when it yeah. comes to stuff like that. His artistic mind is, it's just second to none. And I love the customs. I, I have quite a few myself. Yeah. Uh, there are some that I wish I would have jumped in on. And I guess I can still put in an order for it. Or
0: I think if you hit, that's the thing is if you hit him up and just kind of like, hey, man uh are you ever thinking about doing this? Are you ever thinking about doing that? And usually that's kind of how a lot of my ideas kind of came to be yeah. because I I didn't collect these initially. And it, it was one of those things like he, the first one he did was Zeus and I was like, oh, that's awesome. But I was like, ah, man, that looks really cool but I don't really have any Hasbros anymore. And then like next thing I know, it's sold out. Mm-hmm. Like, well, dang, that's gone. And then he does Owen Hart and then he does the Road Warriors. And I missed out on all of those. And I was just like, I guess I can't collect these now. But Finally, he kind of he re-released a couple that he'd already yeah. done. And I was like, okay, I want those and I, I want in. I want to get all of these from now on. And so I've been in able Anvil? to kind of I don't I actually don't have Anvil. That's one of the few I have missed out on. Gotcha. Um but I think I, I you know I have the Road Warriors now, I have Owen nice. Heart now. So I have most of the ones he's done, and he's always coming up with new ideas and he can digitally sculpt now, which is like a game changer. Like that's yeah. it's I don't know, the things he can do is just incredible.
1: How do you display yours, Breaker?
0: I have these. Um, they're like acrylic. I can I can show you pictures here when we're done. But they're like acrylic. I think they're for nail polish. <laughs> like the risers. They go up like oh, stairs. Oh,
2: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. How much do and those cost?
0: Are you can get two of them on Amazon for like 24, 25 bucks.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, because I was
1: well, looking at bad. those for the detolf. Right, that's exactly what <laughs> yeah. I was in.
0: Yeah, and they're really cool. And like, and sometimes like you can. Like I, I have mine all, like they, they, all his stand up perfectly, but yep. like if, if they ever like tip over or anything, you can put a little sticky tack on their, on their foot and holds them in place. I've had no issues there, but what's interesting about this is like, you know, all these guys do custom heads and that curb stomp does like decals. Right. And so one of the ones I wanted for a long time was Bob spark plug Holly, which is, it's a deep cut obviously, but I was like, Man, that he just toyetic to me. he's just, he looks cool and he belongs in the Hasbro era warsman did a bob holly head curb stomped did the t so bought everything sent it to jason and he put it all together and it's incredible and now and since it's so soda hit me up he's like how did you do that i want to get one <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of explained it to him he's like okay yeah i'm, I'm gonna do that too and i'm like awesome man. I, think <laughs> nice. I think it's i think it's really cool yeah, he
2: does some great, great work, um, Breaker. I do want to thank you for being on the summer of saying "Dude, love." Of course, we wanted you on, so I want to thank you for jumping on as well. So, thank you again, kind sir.
0: I, I appreciate it. I always appreciate the invite. It's it's really cool chopping it up with you guys. It's it's crazy. We've known each other as long as we have now, and you know, the first time we recorded and back like 20, I think it was 2016. I think we were talking yeah. about that earlier. It just, it's really cool to see. Cause I, I remember when we were first recorded, I think in nostalgia segments, you were doing LJN still maybe, and you yes. may, may have jumped it, into Hasbro, but it was early on.
2: Yeah, it was. I think the first time we were, we talked, I think we were still in LJN, but in the time that it took for us to get you on the show, and yeah. we had transferred over to the Hasbro's, but yeah, it was, and I still remember that first interview and you were so cool, dude. You were just like, cause we had a, a snafu, a technical oh, sure. snafu and something dropped off and it was, you know, I'm running around, you know, like uh, the office guy and I'm like, it's happening. You know? <laughs> <laughs> were <Right>. Freaking out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I was like, Hey, Brian, I apologize. We had a, you know, a snafu over here and you're like, Oh, okay, man. Like you understood, like it was so cool. Like most other people are like, oh, these unprofessional pricks, you know.
1: <laughs> no, Breaker's it's, it's, been in our corner since day one. And yeah, yeah. like like Jeff said, you were one of our first interviews and you couldn't have been nicer and more gracious with your time. And honestly, from both Jeff and I, I mean, you've been in our corner since day one. We we can't tell you enough how much we appreciate that dude.
0: And and that's I think what's been cool about this whole community, you know, of, of all these people like coming together and you know some of them have started their podcasts like me and travis is is a prime example of that we don't know each other outside of social media but we start our own podcast together and i think that's it's really cool i think the way you guys have brought people together in that regard and stuck with this show and continue to do it and i know there's been some ups and downs obviously um as as time goes but I, i feel like things are in an upswing which i think is a great thing and and I, you know, I hope everybody still enjoys it. And I know wrestling figures will kind of have ebbs and flows where people are super into them and then they kind of fall out. But for sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's still fun. Like even, even if I never, if I didn't collect, I'd still listen. And I hope everyone does that as well because there's been times like right now, I don't really collect Mattel, but I still love hearing about them. I still love looking at them. Like right. that's figure collecting will never leave us. It's always a part of who we are, even if we don't actively buy everything. It's just, it's something about, it's fun. Like that's what, that's what I do for, you know, enjoyment. If I'm having a bad day, I'll, I will go to a toy store because that puts me in a better mood.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love, like you said earlier, Breaker, that it's all normalized
0: now. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's not like a weird thing. It's it's cool. Like, hope, like, I'm hoping the AEW crew, because I know so many of those guys come to Tulsa at some point, because I'm like, hey, I know all the spots you guys need to hit because I know they all like to do that. So that's, to me, like, that's the cool thing about it. And it, like, it's it's fun that we can all, Kind of share this joy for action figures,
2: yeah. For sure. Well, we thank you again for being on Breaker, and very well said about uh, the love of action figures.
0: Yeah, it's awesome,
2: Scott. For episode three hundred and forty-two, anything else?
1: Stay safe. Stay healthy. Fig lessons twenty sixteen, and happy toy
2: hunting. And I want to thank Breaker one more time for being on, and I want to thank everybody for listening to episode three forty-two hashtag Fig Life. Adios.